Hey there, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a life coach specializing in traumas and addictions. And today, I'd like to talk with you about this idea of finding balance when times are hard. Look, I know that you're an ambitious person. You've got way too much things to do and not enough time. But sometimes when we're running fast and hard and furious, we lose track of who we are and what we want, and more importantly, what matters most. And today we're going to be talking about finding balance. If you are looking for more harmony and peace and frankly, calm in your life, listen to today's episode. We're going to be breaking down how you can arrive in a moment of serenity in the midst of everything going haywire. And you're going to get some fabulous tips coming to you after this short break. Hey, 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 and we're back. So glad that you are choosing to spend your time with me. If this is your very first time listening, I'm giving you a fist bump. Boom. So glad that you're here. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening. That way, as soon as I drop a new episode, you'll be able to listen to it lickety split. And those of my homies who have been listening for multiple times, I'd love to hear from your beautiful voice. Check out anchor.fm slash Denise Teeley. There you'll be able to drop me a voicemail message. Please make sure to let me know either in the beginning or at the end of your voicemail message if I have permission to air your message. Also, be sure to write a review wherever you're listening. That way I know what you like and I can give more of it and it signals other people that this is a podcast worth listening to. And check out info.denisegelee.com slash connect. There you'll be able to sign up to my free weekly mailing list. I drop them on Monday mornings. Join Energy, my support group for entrepreneurs in business via Marco Polo. Read articles, check out offers I got going on and all sorts of fun stuff. So go ahead and check out those resources there. And also, what we're going to be talking about can be formed more in detail in Amazing Attitude. Amazing Attitude is a 21-day program where I jump into your inbox and give you a message from the heart and in an audio format, as well as some journaling prompts to help you understand who you are, what you want, and most importantly, why your life matters to your community. So check out Amazing Attitude. I'm going to leave that there. Before I dive into today's episode, you know, it just gave me this pause for thought because I was thinking about what happened to me over the weekend. And I don't know if I told you this, but my husband loves some a lot of interesting things. And I remember he told me that when he was kind of growing up in his teenage years, he kind of liked looking at weird stuff, specifically looking at um, some health issues that are unsightly. And there's no other way to say it, but he liked looking at pimples being popped. I don't want to say that out loud, but it's true. He liked looking at those videos and stuff like that. And what for whatever reason... We're sitting around the TV and my husband was just looking at some YouTube videos about pimples being popped, specifically this particular TV show by Dr. Pimple, Dr. Sandra Lee. She's a board certified dermatologist and she had a a lot of patients coming in with cysts and boils and all sorts of stuff that needed to be resolved. And one thing that really struck me There was a commonality amongst all of her patients, and it was this idea that even though they came here for dermatological issues, it was so very apparent that they also had other issues. I remember one patient had literally 
no teeth in his mouth or maybe one or two token teeth another guy looked like he had suffered from some issues surrounding mental illness or depression they all had something underlying but the whole focus was being put on their skin issues and when i the whole point of this message isn't to talk about dr pimple and i'm so sorry about the first intro of this uh podcast has been rather disgusting but the whole point i'm trying to make is that Oftentimes, we put our focus on one thing that seems so glaringly obvious, but we forget that there's other things lurking in the back. And this whole conversation that we're going to be having is about balance. And balance is not just focusing on the stuff that is glaring in your face, but the other things that are lurking behind the scenes. I remember talking with a particular client, and I remember we were kind of just going back in time and talking about the things that she was dealing with before and the things that we're dealing with now. And I remember her telling me that the things that she's facing now would have literally destroyed her if it was something that she faced prior to working with me. And the reason behind it is that she could not handle the amount of stress giving the limited coping skills that she had back then. And she even recognized the things that she's going through now. It's just temporary. It's going to resolve itself. There's things that we talked about that she and we created some plans in place that she can help work through it. So I'm not going to sit here and say, A, that just because talking with me or taking an amazing attitude, whatever, is a as a solve or a magic wand being waved over your head and all your problems disappear. What I'm saying is that when we're finding balance, we're talking about this idea of putting everything in proper perspective and we're not just highlighting some things and then ignoring other things. And as a result, as we grow up more emotionally and understand the things that we are facing with, we can put things in proper perspective so that we don't feel overwhelmed or exhausted. I remember, you know, the things that I really thought was traumatic and terrible as a teenager seem insignificant to me in my 40s. What happened? It wasn't so much that I'm older. It was just the fact that I'm able to understand that the things that face, albeit were difficult and challenging back then, were based on my own limited skills as regards to how I deal with people and how I dealt with my circumstances. And that even the things that I'm facing now, I realize in probably 20 more years when I'm in my 60s or whatever, I'm probably going to laugh at this and say, why in the world did I take this so darn seriously? And look, you can probably look through your life and all the things that you experience and go like, man, I really made a mountain out of this molehill. It really wasn't that bad. But at the moment, the emotions were so overwhelming and as a result it exhausted you and you either felt as if it was going to overwhelm you or you had to control everything and have everything just so in order to feel some sense of normality and stability and I want to let you know that there's a better way there's a better way for us to have balance and I want to explain about that in this conversation and amazing attitude is going to definitely help you understand on a deeper level about how you can manage your emotions and how to put things into relative perspective but i just want to just give you some tools right now so that you can walk away with something that you can deal with if you're facing something in your personal life or your professional life or whatever you got going on that you're fully supported during our time with one another 
look, here's the thing. And I just want to just really make it very plain for, for you as you're thinking about what struggle that you're going through in your life is that uncertainty, chaos, all that stuff is inevitable. Confusion is inevitable. The fact that we live in a world where people have full autonomy about how they think and the decisions that they make, they're going to be making decisions and they're not going to check in with you and ask you for your opinion, even if it directly impacts you. Maybe you're lucky, they will. But most of the time, they're making decisions and you have the full right to how you choose to react. I just need to emphasize that you have the right to choose how you choose to react. Oftentimes we say to people, well, you made me feel this way because you said something or you did something. No, you're choosing to react in a way that makes you feel exhausted, overwhelmed, anxious, insecure, afraid, overwhelmed, or fill in the blank emotions. Let's first of all, regain the power back to ourselves and assume our right to be at peace, our right to be at calm. Because look, even if you're in the car, mind your own business, driving the speed limit, someone could rear-end you tomorrow. Now, Denise is not wishing that no anyone would rear-end you. The point is, you can get out of the car and scream and yell and throw stuff or, or hurl insults or whatever. Or you can understand that most people don't wake up willing and wanting to get into collisions with people. Put things in perspective, Okay. Do you have the ability to get your car repaired? Do you have the ability to find other modes of transportation until your car issues resolved? Is this going to be the only car you're going to have for the rest of your life? Is this person really your enemy? Because look, here's the thing. If you treat people like they're your enemy, don't be shocked to receive hostility back. Now look, I talked this about an amazing attitude about this idea of the messages that are receiving and given. And some of the messages we received from our childhood was was thinking of the world and everyone around you as some type of antagonistic creature that is meant to try to dis- cause you discomfort and make you feel as if you are less than a wonderful, beautiful human being that you are. And as a result, we get into fights and all sorts of problems. And it's completely unnecessary. And just because you observed your mom or your dad, your cousin or your uncle or whoever become combative when faced with stressful situations, doesn't mean that you have to do that mode. I was talking with a client just yesterday and she was telling me that she observed firsthand when people were stressed in her family, specifically her father and her grandfather, they would react combatively and and angrily. And she said she also struggles with that too. And I asked her, I said, so it wasn't working for them and you know it's not working for you. When's it going to stop? And I remember just looking at my client, just kind of meditating, just kind of like taking that one in. Because oftentimes it's hard when someone takes a look outside from your family and looks in and say, hey, is this really working for you? Because oftentimes we we think that we're helpless repeating habits and patterns that are familiar. But let me tell you something. Anger is a choice. Fear is a choice. And security and overwhelm are choices. And just because we observed our family with their own limited emotional management skills do something, doesn't mean that we have to repeat the same habits. 
And this is something else that I wanted to mention, this idea of pain addiction, because I've seen it with myself. I've seen it with clients. I've seen it. Go walk around the grocery store. Go walk around the park. Observe people, and you'll, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. When you're seeing someone clearly in distress, and it seems as if they're provoking stuff just to get a rise out of someone. And you may just think, my gosh, this is lunacy. What is this? It's called a pain addiction. It's where you get the rise of adrenaline and cortisol and norepinephrine. These are neurotransmitters that become activated when you're either to fight, you get ready to put the gloves on and step into the ring, put all your running shoes and run away, fawn. Literally, you feel like you're about to pass out or you're fawning where you're placating people with affection or words just to make the situation go away. And all of these things, these reactions release all these rushes of hormones in your body. And as a result, if you get acclimated to those stressful situations enough, you actually become addicted to the sensation of stress. And that's why I call it a pain addiction. And what a pain addiction is literally cancer training. Let me explain what I mean by cancer training, where all those hormones that so much adrenaline, cortisol, and norepinephrine flooding for your system strips off the myelin, protects the sheet off your nerves, exposes your nerves to basically cell mutation and themselves mutate and can cause cancer. Pain addiction is cancer training. And I don't want that for you. And I'm not saying sitting here to say that everybody who goes through stressful situations for years on end necessarily develops cancer. But even if you don't develop cancer, you might have back aches or chronic headaches, migraines, or insomnia or some type of other issues, or you might have gastrointestinal issues. I've met two many people with some type of GI tract disorder issue because of their inability to not be overcome and overwhelmed with painful feelings and painful emotions and unfortunately become addicted to the sensations of being in stressful situations. So this idea of finding balance, first and foremost, it requires you honestly asking yourself and saying, Am I making my life a soap opera? Am I making my life purposely hard just to say I'm doing all these things and I'm going all these places and I've accomplished all of these things? Like, wh- is this really what matters in your life? Just to show this long list of accomplishments? And if so, For who are you trying to seek approval from? Is it your mom? Is it your dad? Is it your lover? Like, who is it really? Don't say it's for yourself. Because if we're to be totally honest with ourselves, all of us, we are are social creatures looking for approval in some form or fashion. And when we're busting our butts, it's not just for altruism, altruism. We're doing it for someone or something. And so let's ask ourselves the really hard questions. And if we're doing it for someone or something, does it, does that person even recognize it? I'll never forget. Never forget. This was one of my first jobs I had out of college. And I worked so darn hard to impress a particular boss on a particular project. And I remember just trying to just 
do back bends. And I'll never forget the day that my boss came in and said, you know what, we're not even working on this initiative. Thanks for all your hard work on this project, but we're moving on and doing something else. And he just said it so flippantly because he was preoccupied with his own agenda and his own priorities and had nothing to do with observing what I was doing to please him in the guise of getting this particular project up and going. So, so many of us are investing so much time and energy and seeking approval on things that they're really of not consequence at the end of the day. So if we're going to find balance, we also need perspective. Ask yourself, is what I'm doing really helping myself and my well-being? Or am I looking for the very fleeting and erratic approval from people? Because look, here's the thing. You know for your for a fact that the things that you may have prioritized 10 years ago don't make any sense today. You've learned different things. You've been exposed to different things. You understand that other things may have shifted in a higher priority. And as a result, it's inconsequential. And if you know that about yourself, understand that that's how other people view life. And you have no control about how people are dealing with their own world. And look, here's the thing. For so many of us, we have been raised with this idea of being perfect and pleasing others. When reality is, we need to learn to know what's enough and learn to please ourselves. And most people think, oh my goodness, that's so selfish. We should be concerned about other people. We should think of the whole other world. And let me ask you a question. How in the world can you help other people if you're drowning emotionally yourself? How in the world can you make a better difference in the world when you are afraid of being honest with other people? What good example are you showing your kids or your neighbors or your community at large by saying, you know what, I'm just going to literally be a martyr, holy martyr on the altar of perfectionism. What good is it going to do in the long run? What I understand, and a lot of people may have observed, completely narcissistic, sociopathic people that are only opportunistic seeking, only looking out for them at all costs, right? And you may say, oh my goodness, that's, that behavior is so abhorrent. So I'm going to zigzag and go to the completely opposite direction. I'm going to sacrifice all of it so that people would recognize what a good person I am. But when you think about it, isn't that the same kind of mindset? Look at me, look at me, look at me some more. Where one person was willing to bulldoze another person in order to get what they want. And the flip side, you're willing to bulldoze yourself just to have people mention or acknowledge the things that you're doing. When we're seeking balance, we're understanding the fact that no matter what you do, there's no guarantee people will receive it the right way. I'll never forget when I uh, I had a particular social media account and it was talking about some some issues and even though I had the research and I know that I had the facts backed up to me, I would still have people send me nasty grams and all sorts of negative vitriolic comments. And I, even though I wasn't even talking about them, they would still throw hurl insults. And it would felt ex- so exhausting, even though I know that I, I was not saying that anyone else didn't have a right to feel what they felt on that particular issue. They took aim at the fact that I had opinion that contradicted them. 
And I remember feeling so hurt and upset. I'm like, why are these people doing this? And I remember talking with a counselor about it, and he explained to me that there's some people who just enjoy feeling mad and don't give people the satisfaction of your pain. So even if you're doing your best, there's no guarantees. Even if you know that you're doing your best, there's some people who are going to be more so addicted to pain and stress than you could even ask or imagine for yourself. So what do we do? What do we do when we find ourselves in these predicaments or these situations that are just very distressful? Do we indulge in furthering the confusion? Of course not. We know that there's better ways of dealing with people who are projecting their own insecurities and fears onto us. There's a better way. And the first way is asking yourself, do I need to be here? For so many of us, we think we need to be here, be involved and engaged. And the fact of the matter is, if you drop dead tomorrow, I think they can figure stuff out. But if you feel that it's within your ability and you are compelled for no other reason beyond that you can see tangible improvement through your direct involvement. Yeah, go ahead, get into it, but have boundaries. Limit how long you're going to be engaged with it. Be clear about who you're going to be engaged with. Understand how far you're going to go with these people or this situation. And be clear upfront. Don't expect people to mind read you if you're feeling exhausted or overwhelmed or stressed because they can't because most people are so preoccupied with their own worries and their own plight, their own struggles. They're not going to sit there and investigate and ask you, well, it looks like you're upset. Let's talk about this or you're tired. No one's going to figure that out because everyone's mostly preoccupied with themselves. Okay. The next thing I want to ask you is, is there some things that you can delegate out in your life? I remember reading Mary Kay's book, first on on people management and then on her book miracles can happen both wonderful books grab them if you have the chance but anyway i remember when i was reading her book on miracles can happen she was explaining that as soon as she started making money in her sales career one of the very first things that she decided to do was to hire a house cleaner in the house. And the reason behind it is she said that as she was thinking about all the hours that she was spending cleaning the house versus the money that she could be making doing her sales job, it just made more sense for her to hire out a house cleaner because her time was much more valuable than doing stuff that she hated and she wasn't even good at doing. So as you're thinking about finding balance, are there things in the house that really can be done by someone else that's faster and easier and will give you so much more reprieve for all the other things that you've got going on. I've met too many women, now probably can be guys too because you know we are in the day and age where men are also running the household who say, I'm cooking and I'm cleaning, I'm chauffeuring, my kids around town and I'm freaking exhausted. I have so little time for myself. I'm busy literally doing all these things for my kids or my household. And my question to you is, who told you to do all those things? And if that is the case, is it time for you to have a conversation with your partner or whoever to redefine roles and responsibilities? I am thinking about this one particular client where she was running a very, very, not was, is running a very successful business. And 
on top of that, she was still cooking and still doing the bookkeeping for their family expenses. And more or less, her husband was doing nothing beyond just working and just coming home. And she felt very resentful and bitter because not only she's making money, she's still taking care of the household and her husband's not involved. And I literally asked her a question and it was this, is this something that you guys agree to or you think is expected of you? And she sat there perplexed for a moment and she responded, well, that's the way I saw it done in my family. And I said, correction, you have your own family. You're talking about the family you were raised in. How do you want to run your current family? And so thankfully, my client had a conversation with her husband and they redefined some responsibilities in the household so that it was more equitable. But I got a question to ask you. Are you asking yourself about how you're using your energy at home? And are you really taking on more than is necessary nor needed. And for those of you guys who don't have families, translate that into your business. Are you taking on way too much things where you can literally pay someone to take care of it? There are many, many freelancers who will help you with your copywriting or your website, or you don't have to be your own professional social media marketer if you hate doing social media. You don't have to be your own press release person. Now, I understand in the beginning of your business, there's more time than money. I get it. Times are hard in the beginning. But what I'm trying to explain to you is that even given the current level of your business right now, are there things that can be outsourced to somebody else so that you can have more time to focus on growing and scaling up or whatever you got going on in your business? And the same thing with your family life. What can you do right now to optimize your time so that you can focus on the most important things? Because look, here's the thing. You can't expect to grow anything, your business or improve your relationship with your kids or your spouse or whoever, when you're overworked, exhausted, and overwhelmed. So think about how you can simplify things. And the other thing that I want to say to you is, what are things that are completely unnecessary and redundant? Just the same way that you should be going through your credit card and canceling subscriptions that you don't even pay attention or use anymore. Look in your personal life. Are you going to events? Are you going to particular functions that don't even make any sense to you. You're not even interested. Every time you think about going to somewhere, you want to grate your teeth. You're just disgusted even at the idea of socializing at some certain functions. Ask yourself, what's time to go? Because if we're going to find balance, we're going to take a really hard look. Look through your emails. Start unsubscribing some emails. Look through your social calendar. Start disinviting yourself from some events. Or more importantly, don't even go if you don't even want to be there. I don't understand why so many people say, well, I have to go. It's because it's expected of me. No, nothing's expected of you. You make the choice to ask yourself, I see more pluses than minuses. And therefore, I'm going to put on a happy face and I'm going to go because and during the most upsetting, frustrating moments, I realized that this situation is at least 51% valuable to me. When I say 51% valuable, I'm talking about from 0%, zero value, or 100% like complete satisfaction. If it's at least 51% of value to you, you keep going. You keep doing it. You either change your attitude or change the venue or change your focus. 
but we're not going to wallow in misery and we're not going to find ourselves overwhelmed. I know I talked about a lot of things, so I just want to just kind of recap some main points. Too many people have been addicted to the pain of stress, norepinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol. Those things can literally lead to cancer. And I don't want that for you. And even if you don't have cancer, the idea of stomach problems or ulcers or migraines or chronic pain, that's not worth it. Just as how the satisfaction saying, well, I'm involved in these boards and these these uh, charity events and this and that, it ain't worth it. So I want you to take a good look at your life and examine what needs to be eliminated. What needs to stay. And if we can eliminate, what can we change in our mindset? Now, we may have been raised to believe that we have to suffer through certain things, but you have the choice now to improve the way you run your business, the way you live your life. So make those decisions to think better. Amazing Attitude will help you think better. And also, I want you to look through your your bank account. I want you to look through your emails. What needs to be unsubscribed? Not everything that you want subscribed to is worth keeping on to now. And as we get older, we also need to realize that we need to put things in proper perspective. The things that once stressed us out back then don't have to stress us out today. We can put a new perspective on things and choose to be involved in things that give us joy and help us with our overall goals. Well, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please be sure to share this podcast. Please write me a review. Let me know what you think. And as always, if you would like to get in contact with me, check out info.denisegelee.com slash connect. There you can be able to send me a message, read my articles, work with me, whatever that's that interests you. And also check out anchor.fm slash Denise G. Lee if you would like to let me know via voicemail message. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and be awesome.